You're listening to the Love is Black podcast. Where the host of fly. The love is dope. And the conversation's always 100. Hi, I'm Harvey. And I'm Carice. And welcome to the Love is Black podcast. How you doing today? Thanks for coming back and listening. How you feeling today, wifey? I'm okay. Excellent. <laughs> All right. So for this episode... um. I was listening to the previous one. You know, we always want to listen, see if we do any editing or anything. Make sure it sounds really good for you guys. And while I was listening, I'm like, who is this white guy that's doing this podcast? Who is this dude? I'm like, that's not me. And turns out, yeah, that's me. And it just brought back some of the, you know, the early feelings that I dealt with growing up. I had the benefit of growing up in a pretty nice area in Long Island. So there weren't a lot of people who looked like me growing up. So middle school, I think there was like four black people in total, and me included. There were no black teachers or administrators, anybody, stuff like that. So it was pretty, it was pretty non-black, we'll say that. And then high school, more black people, they used to bus black people in. Oh. Yeah, exactly. It's like, you know, it's like, so bring some black people in. So, so basically, you know, when we're, we're there, I'm in school. At this point, I'm just not really thinking about it, about who I am, black, white, whatever. I'm just Harvey, doing whatever. And with the influx of black people, I think I realized that I didn't know where I fit in. Because at this point, you know, I'm what? I don't know how old are you when you hit high school? 13, 14? If that, 14. 14, yeah, right? How you don't know that? We I, have kids. I know, but okay, I'm not really thinking. Once about. I'm thinking about myself. School, you know. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, then lucky you're here. That's why you're here for stuff like that. Hallelujah. Yeah, thank the goodness. Right. Yay. So, <laughs> so, yeah, so I'm in high school, 14. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm kind of interested in these girls and whatever. And I saw some girls that I was interested in, and they were black, but they weren't really interested in me. The feeling wasn't reciprocated. We'll say that. Um, I wasn't sure what it was, you know, I'm not, I'm not the, uh, you know, I'm what's the, who, who's the dude that you love, you know, Morris Chestnut. I'm not Morris Chestnut pretty, you know, I'm not that good looking. I mean, who is Morris Chestnut pretty though? Like nobody. So wow. I wouldn't hold you, hold you to that wow. type of standard, you know, like I'm not Halle Berry beautiful, yes, you are, baby. but like who Stop holds it. themselves up to this ridiculous standard? Like well, I can't clearly I'm not Berry. there. I'm not there with this Morris Chestnut. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up. Right. So. I was like, I, I didn't, I wasn't sure what it was. And the more I would see the girls with the guys and it became a pretty apparent to me that I wasn't black. But what kind of guys were they with? They were with black guys? They were black guys. Okay. Yeah. So these black girls were with black guys and I'm like, I can't, I'm not like that guy. I don't, I don't talk like that. I don't have that kind of swag, I guess that kind of whatever. Like I don't fit that, and then I. I but th- that, I think that really brings us to a greater question. Then, mm. like, what does it mean to be black? Like, what is it that you were thinking? You're not like this guy. You don't talk like this. You don't whatever like that guy. What is that supposed to mean? There's so much to it. I mean, I I can say growing up, that's the '80s and the '90s, and I think there was a combination of things that kind of made me really question how black or was I black at all type of thing. I grew up in the 80s, the best decade for music by far. And I grew up loving like big hair rock, 
and just like Def Leppard and whatever kind of music. I, I don't sound very black. Right. What? It, you, you're right. But listen, music is us anyway. So no matter what kind of music it is, it's black. But that's a whole other episode of this podcast. Okay. But what I'm saying is that, so I didn't even listen to like what black music is. I listened to pop. And I had a cousin of mine who I went to go visit my mom one day and she was in the car. And I'm like, put Z100 on. She's like, what are you talking about? We mean Z100. But you know, no, no, no. You put, you put Kiss FM on. You put that in, which is like what used to be the black station in, in our area here. And I feel like I heard it was amazing because I hadn't heard black music. And like a light shone upon me. I'm like, what is this? And seriously, if there was room for a light bulb over my head, it would have lit up. And like that was like the first moment. I'm like, this different. I like this. So, but I always was kind of embarrassed about what music I listened to when I was around other black people. Because I recognized even earlier on, I'm not sure I knew why I didn't like, I didn't feel comfortable with it. I wasn't listening to black music. I was listening to what black people should have been listening to. So that was like the beginning. When I finally, finally heard it, I'm like, oh, wow, I like this. And this was my, this was slowly me making my array over to the black side. But what does that mean? So, like, what does it mean to cross over to the black? Is it just listening to black music? Because there's a lot of people who listen to black music oh, no, and now. I'm still, and that don't make right, them. Right, right. But that's one like, part. That's one part of a lot of things. But there's no, I don't know if there's really a true definition of what black is. Everybody's black, I guess. Maybe you're black in your own kind of way. Something. I'm black. You're black. We black no matter what. There's black people listening to classical music. That's not black per se. But, you know, black is who you are. And I don't know how you carry yourself. But so it was the music I listened to didn't really. I wasn't comfortable feeling like I connected with those black people. It was the girls who weren't interested in me because I don't think I was black enough. The girls who did talk to me were white. So I'm like, okay. If that's who's interested in me, no problem. I'm going to hang out with them. And, you know, my high school years weren't that great. They were okay. So, you know, I hung out with them and liked me. And I just, and I got that vibe from black girls that they weren't feeling me at all. They weren't even trying to talk to me. So, like, no problem. And then when I went to college, and I went to a few colleges, it took me a while. <laughs> the first college I went to was way upstate New York, where there weren't black people for, like, miles. And there... Pretty much high school, but just more an adult version of it because, uh, you know, I was very, very much that novelty to a lot of these white girls that I would see out there. And I had a whole lot of fun there because it was just, oh, my God, first black guy they've ever seen. You know, I need to, you know, let's experiment. I'm like, cool. More fun than education. Damn huh? right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That wow. was a mistake. But it was fun nonetheless. <laughs> so... <laughs> So yes, shameful. Oh no, no shame, shame. at all. Absolutely no, no. shameful. You know how much college costs nowadays? Oh well, we yeah, it cost a lot we'd back be then too. Live it if our son did that. Oh yeah, live yes it. we. Yes. Oh no doubt, no doubt. But um, so I kind of went through my stages of you know what you know. Am I black? Am I not black? Why do people think this? And you know, it was just all every all kinds of issues on top of just trying to grow up and being a teen. Mm -hmm. Then I have these other questions about, you know, what's my identity? Who am I? How do I see myself? How do other people see me? How do black guys see me? How do black girls see me? How do white girls see me? How do Hispanic, whatever. How does the world see me? When they see me, there's one thing versus when they hear me is entirely something different. Mm. So that brings a question. Have you ever had a situation where people heard you but didn't? but were surprised to find out who you were when they saw you. 
No, I don't think I had as much time on phones and talking to people, I guess, as much mm-hmm. as as you did. And I don't feel like I've ever heard that as far as just my voice and my mm-hmm. voice alone. What I have gotten is people being very confused as to whether it's me or my brother that's on the phone before. Wow. Like that, that's been a thing growing up when, you know... And I mean, that's not even that long ago, not to say like before. <laughs> I'm not before. that long ago. It was this morning. <laughs> it could have been. You know? But like sometimes if I'm at my parents' house and I answer their, their house phone, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, hello. And then they're like, Justin, Carice? <laughs> Justin? Wow. <laughs> oh, okay. You don't know which one of us it is. Wow. Like there was nothing about my hello, wow. nothing about my voice that may have distinguished me from a man. Wow. Who knows? Um, but so it's not my voice. No. Right. But I did have similar issues that you experienced. Um, when I grew up, I um originally from, you know, black neighborhoods from Newark, New Jersey, and then we moved to Plainfield, New Jersey, and I spent a lot of my formative years in Plainfield, New Jersey. Um, And it was pretty much just like a big pool of blackness. I don't Mm. know how else to describe it. Like I was surrounded by black people. I think I had only ever met one other white person, like Mm. one white person that was a student. And then I had one white teacher, but like everybody else was black. Wow. Everybody else was black. Jelly. Yeah, mm. it was it was wonderful, but it was a culture shock when we moved. So mm. now, you know, I'm heading into my late stages of middle school and we move because my parents didn't want this neighborhood. They didn't want that, um, you know, environment, I guess, for us to be in. They knew that I was about to head out into a different school right. and I was in the gifted and talented program and they just didn't want me to have to uh, be surrounded by negativity because I did have to walk streets where, you know, there was questionable activity outside. Okay. That's, yeah, that's fair. Questionable activity. Lots of different things going on that maybe shouldn't have been a hundred percent going on Mm -hmm. and exposed to a Mm -hmm. preteen, I guess Mm -hmm. at that point, I don't know, 12, 13 when we moved. Mm -hmm. Anyway, just to speed this story up a little bit. So we wind up in Sarahville, New Jersey, and now I'm surrounded by white people and they're everywhere. (laughs) But it's so different for me because, uh, well, I mean, not necessarily because you probably have a similar experience too, but growing up in a West Indian household, it's different. I feel like there are different levels or different ideas mm-hmm. of black. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when we think of a black American mm-hmm. or what I will term as an African American, mm-hmm. we have a certain set of stereotypes that I believe that I believe exist for an African American in America. Right. Within America, I feel like there's a separate set of stereotypes that exist for Africans. So an African that comes over to America and people hear them just by their accent alone, Mm -hmm. they have a different impression of them and their life and how things are in Africa Mm -hmm. or whatever they may have seen on Nat Geo. Uh And they assume that, you know, everything is Lion King. Yeah, they assume you've been running around and like riding lions and, you know, like you've never had shoes in your life and that they donated to you whatever few pennies and cents Uh they felt like. I'm the reason you ate growing up. Exactly. It's terrible. It's terrible. But they have their own set of stereotypes and they really don't associate Africans with black 
Americans True. or African Americans. Yeah. Totally separate. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's the third little sect, which is where I think we fall in with mm -hmm. the West Indian Americans. You know, a Caribbean American, mm -hmm. you have a another set of stereotypes uh -huh. you know mm -hmm. first of all they think everybody with an accent is from jamaica Everyone. and if you're from jamaica now we assume that you're into weed or whatever like there's a whole mm -hmm. separate group of stereotypes oh, yeah. but it's hard when you come from one of these separate sects like an african or a west indian to try to fit in with the black Americans, so even though I was surrounded by them, right? Mm -hmm. And I was pretty much, in, I was embraced. I had friends, I, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, coming into a different environment where now I am the absolute minority, mm. never been that my whole life, mm. don't even really truly comprehend what that means. Right. Okay, so now I, I get around the few black people that are there uh -huh. and it turns into a situation where I don't really feel like I belong there. Like I don't feel like those are my black people. Right. Right. So then I wound up with, you know, a different set of friends and I didn't really fit in with the black people. And that persisted all the way through high school. That persisted mm -hmm. the whole way through. I was just not the black girl. Right. That's that's difficult. Yeah, we talked about, you know, the, how many how many things are you trying to figure out growing up? So you're black, but now it's which black are you? Mm -hmm. It's not even how black, it's which of these black, th I mean, are you black, African? There's just so many things you're trying to fit into. You know, which, you know, which whole, you know, which thing do I check off? So that makes it even more difficult. Oh, yeah. So what I was thinking about is as I made it through high school and, you know, college and whatever, and then I would work. So I dealt with how I was seen and how people perceived me looking at me. But then you have a whole nother thing when people just hear you speak. So I've had the benefit of jobs where I've been on the phone. So one thing that I think a lot of black people do, some do, maybe, and maybe you don't, and I'm not sure if you know about this, but we have something we call code switching, which I think people hear this, they probably know what it is. I'll give you an example. So I used to work at a movie store where you can buy DVDs and VHSs and stuff. And people would call in and ask for movies and stuff. So they, you know, they call and I'm like, hello, hi, Harvey, how can I help you? And they, I'd have a whole conversation with this person. Like, oh, okay, you looking for this? I'll hold a few, come on in. They would come in and like, oh, okay, hi, how you doing? I'm looking for Harvey. I'm like, hey, I'm Harvey. And then the looks on these people's faces, when they'd be like, I spoke to you? You're the one who's holding Titanic for me? I'm like, yeah, me. And they're not going to be like, wow, I didn't know you were black. But I could tell, like, they were shocked. Like, I didn't sound the way they expected or they heard me and expected something else. Mm -hmm. So there was the fact that I sounded educated, that I could complete a sentence. All of a sudden, there's no way that person could be black. And they're not going to come right outright and say it. But, you know, you've dealt, I've dealt with it enough to know what that meant. So they were shocked. And I, it, it happened once or twice. And again, these are things that I'm not really thinking about because I'm not, I'm sitting there, at least not not back then, thinking what racism is or what's racist and such. And I'm just living like, oh, you didn't understand, whatever. And then it started to become apparent what was going on. So I think what a lot of us deal with is we try to fit into a particular mold when we're speaking to people. So another job that I had that you know very well is I used to sell cable over the phone. So I would talk to a lot of people over the phone. 
And based on who I was talking to, I would kind of mimic who I was speaking to. So if I got regular Caucasian person talking on the phone with me and you're like, hey, how you doing? And I would kind of mimic. I would kind of just talk the way I am. But then if I got a brother on the phone, I would dip more into an urban speak. So like, oh, brother's talking. Oh, you're moving into whatever. I'm like, oh, what's up? I got you. Let's see. We'll get you figured out. And we would use kind of switch. You kind of go, you mimic who you're talking to. You may be more comfortable speaking to a particular person or uncomfortable, whatever, but you mimic who you're talking to so that they're more comfortable. And then by association, so are you. And a lot of people do that to make whoever they're speaking to comfortable. Because yeah. it just makes it easier. So but that's, that's just it. like a interpersonal thing right. anyway. Like if you're talking to somebody who's from the country, you might not talk as fast, add a little mm-hmm. twang. And mm-hmm. That way you kind of fit in with fans. Wow. I would never do that. <laughs> um, and I'm disappointed. See, but you just caught on to what I was doing. But and then I did, I, I'm making fun of you doing that. That's what that was. <laughs> okay. I would never do that. But <laughs> I would never do that. No, but, but that's what happens when you're talking to somebody anyway. You right. you kind of try to meet them somewhere with where we're communicating. Right. I didn't know that necessarily it had a um, term right. that it was called code mm. switching or whatever it is. Right. But you have pointed it out to me. It was a couple of years ago. And, you know, I was on the phone with one of my girlfriends and, um, She's not black and I was talking to her, but then there's another one that calls that is black. And then he's, you know, you're like, I sound totally different. Mm -hmm. You know, I Mm -hmm. just picked up the black girl thing. Exactly. And I don't think I really noticed it Mm -hmm. until you pointed it out then. And now I feel like I do notice it Mm -hmm. a lot. I'm very aware. You you just, it's, you're talking to you, you're talking to your people and that's what it is. So I mean, but they're all my people. Right. But that, but. And the the irony of it is, well, I mean, it feels like you're probably closer to the other person, you know. So it's they. I mean, I don't know. Black people are people. I feel like there's a different comfort level speaking to somebody. For me, speaking to a black man is going to be more comfortable than not because that person has a shared experience with me. So I feel like there's a comfort level. There's a conversation. There's a what's the term? I don't know what the term is. There's a um. There's wording, there's stuff that, there's ways that we speak, there's, you know, how we dap, whatever stuff that we do that we speak, that that's just, it kind of clicks. I don't even have to think about it. That's just what I do. But it's like those subtle things, like when you're in a supermarket or you're in a a store of some sort mm -hmm. and like you go down an aisle and if you see like another black man, you guys do like the whole head nod thing, like always. Uh, Oh, very much. It's like an unspoken language. Have that something you've seen? Have you seen that? I noticed that, that. yeah. And then a lot of times I'll notice that black women are more likely to, um, and I'm going to say older black women, Mm. no offense to anybody, but they're more likely to say like, hi, Mm -hmm. or how you doing, Mm -hmm. or whatever, as you're walking down an aisle. As a woman, they would- you right, know, right. more likely to say something to you or compliment something or, or whatever. I like your hair. Oh my God, where you get your nails yeah, done, stuff like, like that. Hey they're, girl, they're, you're looking cute today. Exactly. Have a good day. Exactly. Be like, oh, thank you. You know, exactly. And you know, and that's, you don't get that from, you know, from. You don't get that from other races. No, right. but you feel like there is some shared bond. Exactly. Even though you don't know this person, exactly. you don't know their experiences. But you they could. Don't know yours. You know what it is? You could know them. Like they could be your aunt. Or a grandma mm-hmm. or something. There's an immediate connection with these people. I know what you mean. Men were simple. We're very much so. I see a black man, I'm like, that's it. And it's it's I don't even know I think about it. I'm just like, what's up? It could be a nod, it could be what's up, you know. I've, I've obviously we don't 
do the little fist pump and stuff now, but I have fist pump dudes I've never met before in my life. We're just walking like, what's good, you know, and keep it moving. It's just a comfort level. It's just whatever it is to be black, it's good to deal with somebody who's in it with you. Mm-hmm. Makes it more comfortable, you know. So th- I feel like that's that's a shared, obviously a shared experience. Mm-hmm. But when you're trying to connect with somebody who, and it may not even be right, maybe you think the person you're talking to has a certain expectation of you, mm-hmm. or they think something. So instead of being yourself, maybe you're being different to make them more comfortable. That's not entirely a good thing, but it's probably what we feel like we need to do in situations. Yeah. So I think a lot of people have an expectation. I mean, I think a lot of this is like what it means to be black this whole conversation really just goes back to stereotypes. Mm -hmm. Honestly, is what I feel like it really goes back to. Um, I've had an experience where, you know, I worked at an office, so I'm dental hygienist by Mm -hmm. trade, or I don't know, I guess I was more of a dental hygienist now, but myofunctional therapist, which is something totally different for whatever. Anyway, I was working in a dental office that was a group practice. And so there were a lot of people there and it was in a community that was predominantly um, black and Hispanic. And so we had that sort of mix of employees as well. And so I had one of the Hispanic men come up to me and he was like, where are you from? Like, you're different. Like something (laughs) is different about you. And he's naming some of these other coworkers Mm -hmm. and they're all black. Right. And, but something's different about you. So there's mm. some sort of stereotype, some sort of, you know, unspoken bias that mm. he can't even tap into within his own mind. Right. He can't even verbally express why he feels like I'm different, mm-hmm. but he already had some impression of whatever it was he expected a black woman to show up and be like or sound like or right. act and behave, but it just mm. didn't happen. Right. So I feel like it really goes back to some biases stereotypes you know yeah i mean it could be as simple as when i was in middle school and into high school well we all had gym we all had to play sports and i i'm athletic i just can't play basketball which i that's that's the ultimate stereotype i should be able to dunk like now but if that's i thought it was just white men that can't oh oh, 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 it's terrible can we edit that out (laughs) right so (laughs) <laughs> so I'm not good at basketball, but I'm good at football and okay at basketball, at foot baseball, excuse me. But when it would be time to pick these teams, and these kids would be a bunch of white kids, maybe one or two black kids. These people have never met me before, never seen me, and I would just get picked just on the expectation that I should be good because we're black and I should be able to ball. And them kids were real disappointed after they played with me a minute or two because basketball garbage. Football, I could pretty much outrun everybody, but basketball, terrible. So it's it's little things like that. It's just and yeah, and I've all these little things kind of put together your identity of what you are. So that's why you know I'm not I wasn't that athletic. Oh my god, am I black enough? Oh my goodness, I was listening to Hall and Oates, Hall and Oates in the '80s. My god, am I black enough? Mm, you know, what? Oh, don't <laughs> sleep. No, hey, uh, uh-uh. uh, in the '80s, BLS. Another black station was playing Hall of Notes hard. Uh-uh. Hall of Notes. That's that's George Michael. That's oh, Phil goodness. Collins. Stop oh, it. Goodness. Blue-eyed soul, baby. Don't. Oh, no, you don't even understand. No, no, no. no I don't. Because <laughs> I'm black enough. No. <laughs> <laughs> baby, you're black enough for me. How about that? We'll go with that. But there was all these little things that kind of, this little mixture, this kind of concoction that creates who you are and just how black 
you are and how comfortable you are with being that black. Am I 50%, 75% black or am I just 35%, you know? Because then in the end, when you get older and you become an adult, it's obviously you're trying to find a partner, trying to find somebody to be with. So mm-hmm. am I black enough for whoever I might end up with mm-hmm. or who I'm with at that point? Am I black enough? So that's a conversation. So right. how did it impact previous relationships? Because you've had interracial relationships. Right. I haven't really. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I could speak on it right. um, from that perspective. But has it impacted um, past relationships? Well, let's see. So in the relationships, maybe end of high school into college, where I was, college in particular, I was at a school where the Black population was minimal minimal. I remember maybe, I think the college I went to was maybe 2% Black, mm-hmm. which just, there's no Black people. Just that that number is pathetic. So I can be honest and I'd say, I don't think I had a lot of relationships in college. We'll, we'll say that. You didn't. I, I didn't. I, <laughs> I met a lot of women and we hung out and we talked and we discussed things and oh, whatever. Y'all even talk, whatever. But go ahead. But what I'm getting at is that college I went to I really, and I got that quickly, that I was very much this novelty. Hell, girls said that. Oh, my God, you're the first Black guy I ever dated. And so it, so in those cases, ironically enough, I didn't have to do anything different. They didn't know any better. I was the first Black guy they met. So however I was, was Black. So in those cases, I was just enjoying myself, having fun. I was 18. We were doing whatever, you know, safely, of course. Keep that in mind. But we were just having fun. And but those weren't really relationships. After that, I did the the one really bad relationship I had. My I that girl dated predominantly black guys. No, I don't know why. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it was, but I just kind of fit into that mold. And so the fact that I was black kind of helped being in that relationship or how it made it happen, I guess. Um but I don't think I ever had a relationship where I needed to. I didn't like emphasize my blackness or de-emphasize it. At my best, I was myself in every case. And I guess whoever I was with kind of took from it what they wanted. I guess in that relationship, the fact that I was black helped. But I don't know, it didn't really affect anything. But I, the one thing I will say is that I, they, a lot of those relationships never really felt right. There was always something kind of missing. And I think it took me to actually find a black woman and yeah, it worked out. It was you that, you know, that was most comfortable because I'm in a relationship with somebody who has a shared experience, culturally, just race relations in the world. So being in a relationship with somebody black really helped out and it it made, you know, me more complete and the relationship felt better because I was in a relationship with somebody who's black. So, um, that's what it did. But before that, being black kind of just worked to my benefit with the white girls I dealt with. Very nice. I guess. I don't know that black women have that same privilege. I would say I would call that a privilege. It's you just think? people just falling all over you. I've never I haven't had and maybe I just give off those vibes, mm-hmm. but I haven't had a white person or anybody of another race, honestly, ever go falling over me. Oh my God, it's a black woman. Like I've never been with a black woman. Like mm-hmm. I've never I haven't had those types of experiences. But that's definitely a thing. Though. I don't feel like that happens. Like, who does that happen to? That's a thing, though. I mean, I think it's, I think it's a lot of white guys who love the idea of being with a black woman. Mm. Maybe I, mean, I give off those vibes, those I don't think you're cute vibes. Like, you you lack 
melanin and therefore mm. you are not mm. you know, and they a can candidate. just sense it off and of they you? just smell it they're like wow no wow. she's not <laughs> they just smell it <laughs> she's not the one she's not feeling so it's been entirely so not even hispanic or anything no so it's all been black guys all black guys okay well that's good okay that's good you're consistent nothing wrong yes. with that i love okay. melanin good me too you know melanin is good so i mean you know you're Took you some no, no, time. No, I, it didn't take me. I, it took me time to realize that. You know, I had to. I had to go through the other stuff to realize. Oh wow, melanin's what I've been missing. Ha ha. Even though I've magic got magic, change your whole yeah, life. <laughs> that's what it took. I needed a sister. That's what happened. Um, yeah, okay. but but I definitely think that's a thing. I think there's, and maybe it's been more because we're more progressive, or you know, we're trying to, you know, we're not trying to see color. But I think there's a whole, there's a large group of white men who find black women attractive, or maybe they look for them mm-hmm. or something. So I guess it just hasn't happened to you. That hasn't might, happened. To that might be just stupid. Either that, that or crazy. they just saw, they knew it wasn't gonna work out, so they want to go there and press their luck. I don't know. know. I probably give off bad vibes because I don't get hit on too much. So mm-hmm. you know, whatever that is. Yeah. Um. Okay, so let's kind of switch gears a little bit. And um, like, how long do you think that it took you to get to who you are now? Was it being in this relationship where it's like, you know, two black people sort of meshing? Or did you kind of come into your own on your on your own? That's a hard question. I it took me. I don't think this relationship is where I really found myself. I think it was. I used to work in a bookstore in a music department. And I think what did it for me, there was somebody who I used to work with, black guy, who was really comfortable with himself. And that's not something I ever really felt, but I saw it in him. And we would talk about music, which is what all music people do. We discuss, you know, who's this, that. And he was just comfortable be liking whoever he liked. He didn't care. There wasn't this thought about, you know, with the brother over there think he's right or wrong and I saw him and he was really comfortable with himself and his choices and it wasn't a concern to him and at that point I'm like you know what it's okay to like the kind of music that I like and it worked out for me so that was a good start for me kind of being comfortable in my own skin so once I kind of saw another man being comfortable and his, I guess his choices, what he liked, weren't typically black, but he was black anyway. And I'm like, you know what? I can do that. I can be me. I can listen to it. I could be driving down the street, listening to Def Leppard and like, I don't care what anybody thinks looking at me because that's just me and I'm black no matter what. So that, I think being comfortable being Harvey first helped. So that was a good start. And then of course, now am I going to be comfortable being Harvey with a black woman in a relationship so that was the next step because mm-hmm. previous to that white girls whatever but i i really feel like there's a difference in a relationship with a white woman versus a black woman of course definitely so it's far but better the, with a black woman oh no that i don't, I don't right. know I well, yeah you haven't dated a black woman I haven't so you don't dated, have, you know, or a white woman, woman. Them, right so yeah, it's hard to so say right know. but from my perspective <laughs> right as you would have guaranteed black woman right but then depending upon the black woman that I would have dated because you would, you know, am I black enough for that woman? Am I confident enough? There's just, there's a lot that comes to it. So I kind of went through my journey and I kind of getting to you, you know, because by then I was pretty comfortable. I just had to wait for you to just get rid of the other. So dude. is there an age that went along with an your age? comfortability? 
Because mm-hmm. for me, I think, uh, you know, once I hit the 30 mark, like, I don't know, something about turning 30, I just felt like it was just a lot better. I don't know. That's when I decided to, like, cut all my hair off mm. and, like, just be my best self mm. and be my most authentic self. Like, mm-hmm. I don't get my nails done. I don't do the eyebrow thing. I don't put eyelashes on. I rarely wear makeup. Um, you know, I, I'm all natural now for the first time in like forever. Cause right. I think it was since I was like 11, I had been doing relaxers with my hair um, forever up until probably in my thirties right. relaxers all the time, even with the kids. And now we're all natural. Mm. So I just, I don't know. I just feel more, I feel like I show up more black. I feel mm. like I identify more black. I feel like I am more confident in my blackness at this moment in time just because it took me kind of coming over that age threshold where I kind of stopped wondering like like who am I and I'm like um I'm I'm this right like I'm this chick and she's awesome right it's like we don't need to label ourselves we can just be comfortable and and I mean in the end if you think about it no matter what you do no matter what I do I'm black doing it I'm black anyway so you can say I sound white, but I'm black. I, you, if you say that, you're wrong. I'm black no matter what. So it takes realizing that and recognizing that whatever you do, however you are, you're black. And you have to be comfortable with that. I don't think there's an age. I don't think there's a number for me where I was like, oh, wow, I'm black and I'm cool with it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I was ever there. I just think I was just comfortable with myself. And part of that was just recognizing just being me was fine. And no matter what I liked to listen to, who I liked, who liked me, what I read, whatever, I was black no matter what. And once I stopped looking for other validation from others, it was just comfortable with myself, then I was fine. Yeah. So who knows? I don't think I have a number, but it happened. I think when we're young, we're very impressionable. Oh, like, very I really so. remember in playing field like in elementary school especially in the gifted and talented program black history month was a thing it was a big big thing we studied everybody we had uh, i had a trophy in my uh parents room in my old childhood bedroom Mm -hmm. a trophy from the black history month trivia thing that i had won like Mm -hmm. we were we were into black right we were all black and we were all about it Hmm. and then you come into this new place where now you're in the burbs and you're not surrounded by your people and black history month is like martin luther king like um right y'all not studying all the other great people Mm -hmm. like martin luther king is all we're gonna talk about all we're gonna talk about is harriet tubman Mm -hmm. every single year yeah rosa parks and 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 now it's obama every year and that it's and that's it. Offensively enough, mm-hmm. you know, they had Will Smith up on the wall. <sighs> and, you know, I'm not, I know you don't like Will Smith at all. Um, and that's a whole nother episode yeah. in and of itself, how you just <laughs> don't like anybody that most people like. So put but, that out there. Okay. All right. <laughs> but no, but I was even offended that Will Smith was on the wall because our kids go now to the same school district that, right. you know, I had an experience in uh, as I was older, but Will Smith was up on the wall, the black history wall. Will Smith was up there mm-hmm. next to their Harriet Tubman and their Martin Luther King. And mm-hmm. cause they can't come with anybody else. Mm-hmm. They don't have no Malcolm X. They're not actually talking about mm-hmm. the real, you know, 
going in depth mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. what it was, that whole civil rights movement going into everything. They really just gloss over it. It's mm-hmm. like they want you to kind of forget about it. Let's talk about Will Smith, you know? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about, you know, the the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh-huh. Like, what the, what the hell I got to do? There's a difference between speaking about your history, about yourself, versus other people being forced to speak about it. Because these teachers, would they just decide to pull out and spend a month or two discussing black people, black historical people? Like, who's going to pull out Malcolm X out the blue? They're not going to do that. Or Martin or Rosa Parks. Or there's just tons of people that they could talk about. History, black history, just I'm not sure if I'm even a fan of that term. But you can just talk history and speak about the black people in it. Mm-hmm. But when you are in schools where they have to talk about black history, listen, you got some black students in there. You make sure you talk about Harry Tubman. You make sure that black girl in the second row, make sure she's the one that does the report on Harry Tubman because she'll do the <laughs> best job and, you know, whatever. And so she'll get in front of the class and maybe she'll get a costume and then she'll talk about it in front of the class. She and might do a little G. Dance a little G. And yay, we took care of our black quota for the year. Yes. It is. And I feel like that was also a part of why I didn't feel fully like as much of a fit in with the black people who were Mm -hmm. already there they it was almost like they were um like portraying Mm. what black was Mm -hmm. it felt different to me than everything that i had before so i mean granted the friends that i did wind up making Mm -hmm. you know they were also different from that right but i don't know i just so it's hard when you are trying to develop who you are and to be comfortable in your blackness when you feel like your blackness isn't the same as others. Right. But I think if that's what makes being black so amazing mm-hmm. because black isn't just one thing. What's the term? You know, we're not monolithic. Isn't that what it means? Yeah. Being black isn't just yeah. one thing. Black is a whole bunch of different things. Blacks are typically democratic, but you can be a Republican. Probably Blacks do. typically love hip hop, but they can love classical music. Yes. You know, you know, everything. Being black doesn't mean just one thing. Just being black means you can be anything you want mm-hmm. and Amen. be can be comfortable with it. And that's that's, I guess, what we're aiming for, what we're looking to, to being black doesn't have to have a title. It's just a being. Yes. It's just a way of life. It's just how I am. Yes. So. Finish this statement. Mm-hmm. Say it loud. <laughs> Say it proud. <laughs> I'm black and I'm proud. Yeah. Yes. yes. Very good. <laughs> okay. Would have been bad if I didn't know that, right? Uh, yes. Because we were really bad. This, we would have had to you know, like, edit this out. Some things. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> 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 All right, babe. So I feel like we've we've come to the general conclusion that love is identity, mm. right? Love is many things. But this good love is black. <laughs> Thank you.